right, guys, it's Super Sunday and we're diving in. I don't know how to preach after uh, the worship team just sang a song that they wrote that just completely mocks me. I mean, honestly, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about that. It's like, hey, you guys have a creative meeting. Do whatever feels right. And it ends up mocking me. That's what they do. <laughs> Sermons are so long. I'm going two hours. Two hours just because of that. Uh, yes, and everybody said amen. Amen. That's right. Uh, you guys, we have some honestly really great content to lean into today. We're in week two of this series called Heroes, and today's hero that we're looking at for the next few minutes is Abraham. And Abraham is one of those guys who is just a hero of the Old Testament. He's the guy who God chose to be the father of all of his people, his chosen people. It was Abraham. And when you look at the life of Abraham, what we're trying to do throughout this series is identify what separated these heroes from the other people in their generation. Why did God show favor on them? Why did God bless them? And, and how can we apply that to our lives? Because the truth is, and I believe this is, is real for every single one of us, everybody is a hero to somebody. You are a hero. And to that person, what you say and what you do, it has a, a huge amount of influence. And so in my life, I want to figure out what kind of hero do I want to be, right? What direction is my life pointing others to? And I hope that my life is pointing other people to Jesus. And so at the end of the day, last week we talked about Noah. We realized that Noah's, you know, superhuman trait was he found favor with God. When no one else was doing right, Noah stayed focused on who God is. He, he was committed to having fellowship, relationship with God, and he followed his commands. He was obedient. When God asked him to do something, he was obedient. And, and that's how Noah found favor with God. Well, today we're talking about Abraham. We're talking about the father of, of God's chosen people. And what we realize right out of the gate with Abraham is that he was a hero of faith. And what we, we learn from him is that heroes trust God with everything. And, and that sounds overly simplified, but can we just lean into that concept and what that means and, and try to apply that to our lives today? This idea that heroes, they trust God with everything. I think at the end of the day, most of us, if you're here today and you've, you've said yes to Jesus, there's this realization that when I say yes to Jesus, what I'm saying is, God, I need you because I can't do this on my own. I'm not good enough to earn my way to heaven. I can't make it through life without being forgiven. I need something and someone to set me free. Jesus, I need you. And when we say yes to Jesus, he's the one who gives us a hope and a future. I believe that he's preparing a place for me that when I take my last breath on planet earth, that I'm going to stand before Jesus and he's going to welcome me into his kingdom and that's my eternal destiny. I mean that is the hope that we look forward to and when I put my trust in Jesus I am essentially trusting him with with my eternal soul. That's a big deal. But then what happens is we turn around and we have a difficult time trusting God with our temporary circumstance, right? Like, oh, this is much more difficult to deal with. I'm being sidetracked and distracted by the difficulties that I face in life. And I want to I remind you today, this isn't really encouraging, but it's, it's true. In this world, in this life, you are going to face trouble. You are going to be tested. And those are the times, by definition, when you are being tested, when you are in the middle of a struggle, when you don't know what the answers are, by definition, those are the very moments when you have to trust God. You have to say, God, I can't control this. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what the plan is, but I'm choosing to trust you. And what made Abraham separated from everyone else in his generation was he was willing to trust God with everything. So much so that the biggest test that we see in Abraham, it's overwhelming. 
and yet he passed it with flying colors. And I want to lean into that today because we can learn so much from the life of Abraham and, and the way that he trusted God with everything. It says in Genesis 22, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. And listen, that's always going to be scary, right? We have this phrase that we've been using for a couple years now at Crossroads. There's no comfort in the growth zone, and there's no growth in the comfort zone, all right? If you're going to grow in your relationship with God, you are going to be required to step out of your comfort zone. That takes faith, to step out of your comfort zone. I have to trust that God is going to meet me where I'm at, that he's going to provide, that he's going to be faithful. But those are the awkward moments where God shows up and he grows grows our faith. So Abraham has his faith tested. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am, which is the perfect response when God speaks, just to say, God, here I am. What is it that you need? And here's where the story takes a really, really terrible twist. He says, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. I mean, this is one of the most tense moments you will find in all of scripture. Because this doesn't sound like the God that we know. This is unlike the character of God. This, this flies in the face of everything that God has promised Abraham. And it's really tense. Because this is the fulfillment of God's promise for Abraham's life. Make, make no mistake that when God says, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac, that the entirety of Abraham's life up to this moment has been lived looking forward to the promise that was Isaac. In fact, in Abraham's existence, it starts when he was 75 years old. That's when the, the story of Abraham starts. He's already 75 years old, all right? He's lived a good life. He's, he's settled. He's, he's respected in his community. He has all kinds of wealth. Everything is good for Abraham. And it says in Genesis 12 that God meets with Abraham and says just this, Abraham, I, I want you to leave this land that you're in, and I want you to go to the place that I will show you. And so Abraham does that. I mean, you talk about trusting God with everything. Abraham up uproots his entire life and just goes. I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? Can you imagine that moment, right? You, you call in the U-Haul truck. You start packing up your house. Call your friends. Hey, can you guys help me pack up the truck? Sure, sure, sure. They come over. Hey, so what's the plan? Where are you going? I don't know. We're just going to start driving. I'm going to drive out west. Maybe hit an Airbnb and go camping for a while. We'll figure it out. But we're moving. Why? Oh, God told us to go. You're crazy. Yeah, I know, I know. I, that, that's the situation. I mean, Abraham, honestly, he would have seemed crazy to everybody around him. What, what are you talking about, Abraham? What, what, what do you mean God told you to go to a place he's going to show you? Abraham trusted God with everything. And I want you to know, sometimes if you're trusting God with everything, this is hard to hear, but you're going to look crazy as well. Because God's going to ask you to do things that are crazy. They're out of your comfort zone. By definition, they're things you would not normally do. And those are the moments where he tests our faith. Those are the moments where he prepares us for something so much greater than anything we would have ever dreamed up on our own. I want to challenge you today to make sure that you're trusting God with everything. Man, God told Abraham, just go. Go to the place that I'm going to show you. And, and Abraham followed God's direction. He trusted God with everything. And what's crazy is that Abraham goes, he follows God, he does this extraordinary thing. And it doesn't really go that well for him. And that can be frustrating, right? When you take a step of faith, God, I believe you're calling me to do something special. I will follow you. I will trust you. 
you would expect that in those moments that like, all right, God, I, I've trusted you. I've said, yes, I'm doing what you asked me to do. Everything's going to be amazing. I'm going to win the lottery. Everything is great. And yet in Abraham's story, what happens? He takes off. He's, he doesn't know where he's going. He's just taking it one day at a time, following God's direction. And on his journey, which ends up taking years, he experiences famine. He experiences fighting with his, his nephew Lot and all the people that are with him. They have to separate from each other. He endures a war. He, he's got to go to war in the middle of this wandering. And it just doesn't go smoothly to the point where you see this encounter between Abraham and God in Genesis 15 where Abraham's confused. He's going, God, I, I'm trusting you, but I don't know what's going on here. You know, I've been wandering for a while. Is your promise good? Because you've told me I'm going to be the father of many nations. God, you've told me that you're going to bless me and that, that my family will be a blessing to the entire world. And yet, God, I don't have a son. Are you going to provide that son for me? And in Genesis 15, God reaffirms his promise with Abraham. It's a beautiful moment. God, God speaks to Abraham and says, no, Abraham, I will give you a son. Keep trusting me. Keep following me. I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forsaken you. I will provide. And this continues in Abraham's life for 25 years. I mean, can you just imagine that? You're just kind of wandering. You're, you're displaced. You're a foreigner in a foreign land. And, and yet you're, you're trusting God the entire time, waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. Till finally at 100 years old, when God says, Abraham, I'm finally going to give you a son. He laughs. His wife, Sarah, she's 90. She laughs like, yeah, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> That's going to happen. <laughs> and they have a baby. God, God was faithful. God's promise came to fruition. And they experienced this unbelievable miracle of Isaac. And God blessed him and says, hey, Isaac is the one who all of the nations will work through. Like, he is blessed. He will be a blessing to everyone on planet Earth. That's my promise to you. I mean, that's the backstory. That, that's Abraham trusting God with everything that leads him to this moment of God testing his faith once again. Because now, Abraham has his promise. He has Isaac. That, that promise has been realized. It's there. He's a living, breathing son, and he loves him so much. And then God tests him with this, this really tense moment. Like, what are we talking about? And, and when you see inside the, the mind of Abraham, and you can see something really important. Because in, in verse 3, it says this, The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire, for a burnt offering, and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. It says in verse 5, Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. Listen to what he says here. This is important. He says, We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Abraham never doubts for a moment that God is going to provide. Can we just stop and pause right there? Abraham never doubts for a moment that God is going to provide. When God says to him, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac, he's going, man, that's, that's not God's character. That's not his nature. That doesn't seem right. And yet Abraham's going, God, wherever you lead me, whatever you're asking me, I'm going to trust you. That's what God asks us to do. He asks us to trust him. And Abraham trusted God. 
That's what set him apart from everyone in his generation. That's what made him the father of all the nations. If you don't believe it, go back to the 1990s and sing all the songs they sang in church back then. Father Abraham had many sons. (laughs) Many sons had Father Abraham. Some of you are like, what is wrong with Pastor Tim? Yeah. Right arm, left arm, Father Abraham. It's a great song. You should Google it. Teaches you everything you need to know about Abraham. <laughs> Actually, I have no idea what that really has to do with Abraham. At the end of the, you're doing everything at the end of that song. <laughs> Google it. It's on YouTube somewhere. Um, Abraham trusted God. In, in, in no part of his mind did God think, or did Abraham think that, that God would not provide in this moment. And I think that's the, the kind of radical faith and the trust that God wants us to have in him. Man, there's a verse that, that we, we use a lot in Christianity. It's, it's a beautiful verse. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. It's God speaking through Jeremiah. He says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I mean, those are the plans that God has for us. And it doesn't always seem like it because what nobody likes to talk about is that the verse before that, Jeremiah 29, 9 and 10, what he says before that is, Hey, Israel, you're going to be in exile in Babylon for 70 years. It's like, oh, oh no, I didn't know that. You mean I have to wait for God's promise? I'm going to have to go through this test? Like many of us will never even realize God's promise in our lifetime? Are you serious? And God says in the light of that, hey, but hang tight. Trust me because I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. And he says in that day, Jeremiah 29, 12, 13, it's awesome. In that day, you will pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I mean, what he's saying there is you, you can trust me. And I want you to know today that you can trust God, that, that he is for you, that he is with you, that he doesn't leave you, that he doesn't forsake you, that, that he will provide. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He's Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And I want to encourage you today that it might feel like you're being overwhelmed right now. You might be being tested just like Abraham was right now. I want you to know that you can trust God with the circumstance and the situation that you are enduring. He is with you. He has a plan for you. It's a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. His plan for you is hope and a future. And I encourage you today to lean into Jesus, put your trust in him because he's worthy of your trust. Sometimes we have to wait, and waiting is terrible. Waiting is the worst. Can we just be honest? When I'm driving and I'm driving behind somebody slow, I'm the most impatient person you will ever know. And that is awkward sometimes, right? Because I'll be like, oh, look at this crazy person driving, and I'll drive a and then, oh, they go to Crossroads, hey. <laughs> it's awkward. Blessing, sister. Um, or brother. It's not just women drivers. How dare you infer that? So... Um, <laughs> Uh, impatience is the worst. Are you like me where you're like, I'm going to do some microwave popcorn. It's like 90 seconds. Like, come on already. Minute 15, 14, 13. Come on. Like, I'm so impatient. And we get impatient in life. Nobody likes to be tested. Nobody likes that. And I just want to encourage you today that if you're being tested, if you're going through a difficult time, it's happening for a reason. That God is with you, that he fights for you, haven't been forgotten. 
I'm reminded of, of this phrase that, man, God, God doesn't care as much about what we are waiting for as much as he cares about who we are becoming while we wait. And he wants you to trust him. That's how we grow. And I just want to encourage you, if you're being tested right now, if you're in a season of being tested, please lean into Jesus. Know that you can trust him with whatever you're going through. Use this as an opportunity to grow and become who he's calling you to be. Man, that's hard. That's not easy. But you can trust Jesus. I love how this story continues. It says, So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. It says, As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said. But where is the sheep for the burnt offering? I mean, Isaac realizes now that something's not right. Abraham responds in such an amazing fashion. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And honestly, as a dad, boy, I, I struggle. I struggle reading this. I get emotional. Because the love that you have for your kid, I mean, can you even imagine Abraham in this moment? He's desperate for God to provide. He believes wholeheartedly God is going to provide. He's brought him right to the edge. It's a terrible test. It says, and Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied. I mean, can you imagine the relief at just like throwing the knife down? Yes, yes, God, anything. Say anything right now. Yes, Abraham replied. Here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Jehovah-Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. You guys, listen, if you're being tested, it's not going to be easy. But if you keep trusting God, I just want you to know he will provide. I want to encourage you with those words today. And if you need to hear that, if you've been struggling, I just want you to know God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the God who provides. You can put your trust in him. And I think a lot of times when we look at this test, we go, how could God do something like that? How could God ask someone to sacrifice their son? And then you realize... That's the love that God has for us. John 3, 16, a, a reference you might see at the big game tonight on a cardboard box in the sign, right? John 3, 16 is such a powerful verse because it expresses this radical love that God has for us. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the love that God has for you, and that's the love that God has for me. He is a God who you can put your trust in him. And I want to encourage you today, trusting God begins with that, that first yes, that first moment of decision where you say, God, I need you. I need you to forgive me. I need you to set me free. God, I'm putting my trust in you. My, my eternal destiny is in your hands. 
And listen to me, here at Crossroads, every time we gather, we give people a chance to say yes to Jesus because we are committed to inviting as many people as we can to experience a changed life. And so if that's you today, would you just be willing to join us in a prayer? And may this be a holy and beautiful and sacred moment where for the very first time you could say yes to Jesus and let him change your life with us today. Can we all say this prayer together? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. We need to give him praise. And we need to give him glory because he is worthy. And I want to do something different here. Uh, We're going to have our worship team come up here behind me. And together for, for just a minute, I just want us to reflect on the incredible love the incredible grace that God has shown us that we can put our trust in him. We can trust him with our very souls for all of eternity. Can, can we just pause together? And honestly, you can sit and soak or you can stand and join. Whatever feels right to you. Let's just lift up the name of Jesus and praise him for his amazing grace together in this moment. Let's worship together.